welcome back into episode 22 of the Queen City Collective. As always, I'm your host, Owen Watterson, on this beautiful Wednesday morning in the Carolinas. Not so rainy anymore. It's been kind of off and on as far as the weather goes, but a whole lot to get into today. This is going to be a big Panthers episode today. The Panthers went crazy as far as news-related things to talk about goes. A whole lot of stuff with Cam Newton, the CBA being accepted, and, and finally being able to talk about how the CBA is going to affect the NFL moving forward. A lot to talk about today, guys, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Go ahead and cue the music. Uh-oh. Oh! crazy 24 hours as far as the Carolina Panthers go and you really got to start at the beginning of it all with Cameron Jarrell Newton uh the news broke yesterday from Adam Schefter I got I remember uh, I was at work and I got the notification on my phone that it said the Panthers give Cam Newton permission to seek a trade partner and I looked at it and I was like what that doesn't make any sense because just two three weeks ago which I talked about with John Ellis on one of my recent episodes uh, last week, I believe it was. But we were talking about how Matt Rule at his NFL Combine press conference literally spoke about how he wanted to move forward with Cam Newton as the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in 2020. And that's what's really been the most confusing part about all of this, I guess, is that the misinformation and miscommunication to the fans has just been unacceptable and now apparently the the team to the players themselves you know the the Panthers posted that on their Instagram talking about how they said exactly what the the tweet it said from Adam Schefter that the Panthers give Cam Newton permission to seek a trade partner and Cam commented under the Instagram post saying that that's not what he wanted they forced him into this he wanted to stay in Carolina you know, in his freaking hieroglyphics, and let me jump on my phone and read this out to you real quick, and you know, it might take me just a second, because Cam does like to type a little weird. Cam Newton, the Panthers uh, Instagram caption said, we have given Cam Newton permission to seek a trade, and Cam responded with, stop with the wordplay, never ask for it, there is no dodging this one, I love the Panthers to death and will always love you guys, please do not try and play me or manipulate the narrative and act like I wanted this. You forced me into this love with the one as Cam always does after he types something. So that in itself is not not a great look for the Panthers. And it's it it'd be one thing if this was James Bradbury. You know, James Bradbury signed with the New York Giants. 
on, on the $45 million deal, the $15 million a year that he wanted, the three-year deal that the Panthers did not want to give him. So, first off, happy for James Bradbury. Glad he got the deal he wanted. I, I like Bradbury. I think he's a solid corner, not worth $15 million, but a solid corner, and he will be missed if the Panthers cannot replace him in free agency. But it wasn't James Bradbury. It was your franchise quarterback for the past 10 years. It, it was Cam Newton, the guy that meant so much to this city, meant so much to these fans, and you completely blindsided him. Now, look at what Tom Brady and the Patriots did, right? Tom Brady is supposedly, there's been nothing official yet. Uh, there's no, been no contract agreed upon, but Tom Brady is supposed, supposedly, per Adam Schefter and every other source in the world, apparently is going to be signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is another topic within itself as they are in our division. So now we've got to deal with Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Tom Brady uh, six total times. So that's going to be an interesting narrative moving into <laughs> this next season. But regardless of that, um, the way he was mishandled was just completely unfair. Uh, as compared to you know what Tom Brady and the Patriots did, Tom Brady was with the New England Patriots for 20 seasons. And Tom Brady wanted more money. The Patriots weren't willing to give it, but there was no bad blood. Tom Brady had two posts on Instagram saying how much he was thankful for the New England fans, the New England franchise, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick. That's how you do it. If it's not going to work, if the two parties want separate things, then you move on. So I understand that. But the way this was handled was just completely unfair. And a lot of fans are rightfully pissed off about how it was handled. I mean, it, I understand Cam Newton, from a business standpoint, has been injured, has not been completely healthy, which is obviously the same thing as being injured, but he hasn't been throwing the ball the best. He hasn't been able to run the ball like he previously was, but he's been hurt. He has had the longest period of his career to rest, recover, and come back 100%. Um, and that hasn't happened in, in a long time. These past couple of years, he's been injured. So, in my mind, Cam Newton deserved another shot with this team. Uh, he, he had earned that, not only with the team, but with the city. The fans loved him. He was a people person. The mantra that a bunch of these media outlets put out that Cam Newton was a bad guy, that he dressed like an idiot, whatever. Cam Newton loved the city of Charlotte. He was from Atlanta but embraced the people of Charlotte like they were his own his own family. Uh, he really took care of people. He, he has his own charity. Uh, like, I cannot say enough about the person that Cameron Newton is, and I'm going to miss him so much as a fan. The, the electricity that he can bring to Bank of America Stadium when he makes a play, uh, and not only the play that he makes, the energy that he brings once he gets up after being tackled is something that's going to be hard to recreate these next couple years and now we move into the guy that is set to replace him Teddy Bridgewater who I have not talked about yet uh Teddy Bridgewater I, I put it on Twitter the other day for anybody that that actually avidly pays attention to my tweets which were kind of all over the place yesterday rightfully so as a lot of people's were um but Teddy Bridgewater after I found out about Cam before I even knew about what was going to happen with Te with Teddy being signed I said, sign Teddy Bridgewater, don't draft a quarterback at seven, because that's what I was worried about. Uh, do I like the contract for Teddy? Not 
not totally. Some more details came out about it today that made me like it a lot more. Um, the bonus was $15 million, I believe. It was a $63 million deal over three years total. Um, so not the greatest, I think. But then you have to factor in guys like Brian Tannehill, who, albeit did go to the AFC Championship game, um, is making $29 million a year for the next four years, I think, that contract was, which is absolutely insane to me, man. Like, the Titans, they had a great run. But be honest with yourself, Tennessee. If Derrick Henry was not in that backfield with Ryan Tannehill, would you have even made it to the playoffs? Like, I, I, I don't understand the logic behind that contract with Ryan Tannehill. But, again, you have to put that kind of stuff into pers- perspective because if guys like Ryan Tannehill are going to set the market, what do you think that makes Teddy Bridgewater say in the back of his head? Huh, if he can make $29 million, I, I damn, I deserve at least 20 something new there. And that's, that's about what he got a little bit less after the bonus, of course. But I don't mind the signing of Teddy Bridgewater. I really don't because I did not want them to draft a quarterback at seven. Now, if Burrow was the guy at seven, which in no world would be the case, obviously, unless the Panthers traded up and got him, which, again, won't happen. Um, the other two quarterbacks that would likely be taken in the top ten are Tua and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, I think, is overrated. I don't think he's going to be a great pro. He didn't play against the best competition at Oregon, and I think a lot of stuff as far as his mechanics go, I I just don't like Justin Herbert. I don't think he's going to be the best pro quarterback. To say the least, I think he's the worst of the top three. Tua is a little bit different. I think Tua does have a lot of potential, but the injury uh, scares me a good bit. The fact that Every Alabama quarterback that has ever come out of Alabama, you know, highly touted in the draft. Albeit something John pointed out pointed out when I spoke with him was um, that you know when was the last time an Alabama quarterback was this highly touted, which is which is a fair point. So you have to look at that side too. But the injury is the biggest thing. You know, the Panthers are coming off a, a quarterback in Cam Newton that they want to get rid of uh, because he was injured. If Cam Newton was never injured and was still playing at 100. percent you know, even if it was under the MVP level, they wouldn't be in this situation right now. They would not have talked about trading him. It is because he is unhealthy. So I didn't want to get into another situation with a, another injured quarterback. But I do like Tua. If they were going to take a quarterback at seven, I would have wanted it to be Tua. But they won't do that anymore because they, they got Teddy, which I think is the best thing for this team that you got probably the best one of the best quarterbacks on the market. Uh, I think Teddy is better than Rivers. He's obviously... Not better than Brady. I guess we'll we'll see how Brady plays in Tampa Bay. Which, man, the weapons that he's gonna have in Tampa Bay: Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Mike Evans, um, did uh, OJ Howard. Like it, the Bucks are gonna be an extremely talented offense next year. Uh, there's a reason Jameis Winston threw 30 touchdowns, um, but Tom Brady is not gonna throw 30 interceptions. I don't care if he's in his mid 40s there is no world where Tom Brady throws 30 interceptions inside of a season and if it happens I will happily say I was wrong but I think we got one of the best quarterbacks on the market arguably the second best I believe unless I'm, I'm missing anyone um, other than Rivers but I, I you know now it may be Cam Newton now that he's up for trade but to, beside all that uh, I, I really like Teddy Bridgewater and and I, the reason I say that is because you look at Joe Brady and what he did at LSU right a lot of five wide um, a lot of five wide sets, a lot of throw in the ball with Burrow. And I think while Teddy Bridgewater may not be as talented as Joe Burrow potentially is going to be, 
Uh, I do think Teddy, as he's been in the NFL for a long time, is better than Burrow at this moment. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to do a lot of things for Joe Brady with this offense that he did at LSU. I really do. I think he's going to be able to swing the ball really well. Uh, I, I think with Joe Brady, I think what he did with Thaddeus Moss at LSU is going to really give a boost to Ian Thomas this upcoming season. I, I'm glad they haven't signed a tight end. I don't I don't want them to. If they drafted one, I wouldn't mind it, especially if it was Thaddeus Moss. I really love the prospect of that guy. But uh, if it's too early, I wouldn't. But I, I like Ian Thomas a lot. A lot of times when Greg Olson's been out, Ian Thomas has played extremely well. Chris Manhurts behind him is, is much better at blocking than he is catching the ball. But Ian Thomas is much more of a receiving tied in similar to what they lost in Greg Olson. So I think Ian Thomas is bound for a breakout season this year. You put Teddy with a guy like Chris McCaffrey in the backfield, who, you know, to be fair, while I don't like comparing, excuse me, Alvin Kamara to CMC, as I think Chris McCaffrey is by far a better running back all around, they do do similar things as far as catching the ball out of the backfield and how they are used schematically within an NFL offense. So I think it's going to be interesting with all the weapons that we have on offense, especially if they're able to add some pieces, maybe on the offensive line, I think they might draft a receiver in the later rounds. So we'll see how it goes. But with DJ DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater has a lot of weapons going into to this campaign, and he will not have to do it alone, which I think is the biggest thing. But one of the other big things with Teddy is can he stay healthy? Yes, he stayed healthy last season, but he only started five games for the New Orleans Saints. So I'm interested to see what his situation is going to be. The the injury that he had with Minnesota really worries me a lot. That stuff tends to be reoccurring. So I'm glad they didn't get him on a five-year deal, let's say. I think the three-year deal, I think that was a good time. I think it was a good time frame for this contract. It's not untradeable um, if he were to get injured small, I guess. Um, it was a small injury that they wanted to move on from, maybe draft a quarterback next year. But this offense with Teddy Bridgewater, I really do believe, can be competitive. Um, but now they're going up against a super, super stacked NFC South, especially if the Falcons can can figure their, their stuff out um, after last season, which they, they seem to do late in the season last year. The Falcons, after starting, I believe it was, what, 2-9, two and, two and nine, two and 8 something? They started off really, really bad last year. Then they come into Bank of America Stadium and, and smack the crap out of us, which is a game I was planning on going to, ended up selling my tickets, and I'm, I'm very glad I made that decision. Um, it, it looked really good in hindsight, but if the Falcons can figure out their stuff offensively, they're going to be a dangerous team with all the weapons that they have. All, as always, Julio Jones is, in my opinion, the best receiver in the NFL. And now you got Tom Brady down in Florida, uh, who I, I think I saw a tweet yesterday that said, combined touchdowns, playoff wins, uh, things like that, like uh, playoff touchdown passes. Tom Brady has more of those than the Buccaneers do as an entire franchise like in their history, which is insane to think about. Um, but Tom Brady has been in the NFL for a very, very long time now, and it, it's going to be really, really weird seeing him in a different jersey. And I'm sure it's going to feel weird for him and you know the rest of the NFL too, seeing him in you know red. It, it's... It's going to be odd, and it's going to take some getting used to, but the Panthers are in for a tough test, and the biggest thing is going to be figuring out that defense, which is why I'm glad that they decided to pick up Teddy instead of drafting a quarterback, which if they wouldn't have picked up Teddy, I think 
it would have been reasonable to assume they might have tried to trade up a couple to try and get Tua or whatever the case may have been. But now I think it's set that they can draft a guy like Isaiah Simmons who can play literally anywhere on Phil Snow's defense except for maybe corner. But with the speed that he has, man, it, it would not surprise me if we got down to some injuries and they decided to put Isaiah Simmons uh, out there on that corner roll. But Isaiah Simmons can, can rush off the edge. He can play any of the linebacker spots. He could play safety if you put him out there, really. I, I really think he could. And I, I, that's the kind of versatility that Phil Snow wants on his defense. So I think that's the guy, if he's there at seven, they're going to get. And I wouldn't be surprised if they traded up a couple to get him if it was looking like they couldn't. So if they don't get Simmons, I think a guy like Okuda could be the pick. Uh, Derek Brown, even after kind of a, a – Eh, combine. I mean, I don't really know which other way to put it. It was a very average combine compared to his expectations, especially. I do think Javon Kinlaw is going to end up being the better NFL nose tackle. I, I really do. I think Javon Kinlaw, the pure size and strength that he brings, um, and I, I do think he had a better combine than Derek Brown. And while Brown was at Auburn, Kinlaw was at South Carolina. If you go back and watch South Carolina tape, it, and the Georgia game comes to mind specifically uh, while I'm thinking about Javon Kenlock. Georgia had one of the best offensive tackles in the country, and Andrew Thomas, who was going to be a top-five pick, probably top three. Um, and not only Andrew Thomas, some of the guys among that Georgia offensive line are going to be top-ten draft picks just because of their size and athleticism and what they can do on the offensive line. Javon Kenlock single-handedly manhandled that offensive line. Go back and watch the film. I promise you, you will not be disappointed if you go back and watch the film from that game. Again, that South Carolina won due to the defensive effort uh, by guys like Javon Kinlaw, uh, Israel Mukwamu, who is you know irrelevant to this conversation. Um, but I think Javon Kinlaw is going to be the better NFL player. But I do like Derrick Brown, and I think Derrick Brown will go before Kinlaw. So uh, going to be an interesting, interesting draft. And and also, we really don't know when the draft is is going to be moving forward um with all this coronavirus stuff the nba schedule gets pushed back i saw that they were talking about possibly doing an interactive draft doing it online which i think is a really good idea i don't think they should move the time of the draft obviously they're not going to have you know a big thing in in vegas with you know a whole bunch of fans there but i think if you do it online get you know some cameras at some of these kids homes and get their reactions with their families i think that is a great way to do it i think it would be successful people would tune in i know i would of course so i, I don't think it's a bad idea but i don't think that you push the draft back because if you push the draft back you have to push the whole nfl calendar back uh, and and they do i did see that roger goodell believes that the nfl schedule starting next year will not have to be pushed back which i hope is the case uh, with, after all this NBA stuff, I would I would hate to see the NFL schedule get pushed back. So we're, it's just going to be a play-by-ear thing, not just for us as fans, but for the NFL. If they see that they're going to have to do something in, in order to uh, prevent their players from getting this coronavirus, uh, if it's not stopped by then, if there's not a vaccine, if it hasn't slowed down, whatever the case may be, they're just going to have to play by ear just like us. So uh, other than that, guys, there's been a lot of Panthers news um, I do want to have an, ep an episode single-handedly dedicated to the CBA because if you don't know about the new CBA, other than the basic stuff that uh, there's going to be a 17-game season starting as early as next year, not the upcoming season, but the year after, uh, starting next year, there was going to be an extra team in the playoffs for each conference, AFC and NFC, 
and the salary cap is supposed to be raised as well. So there's a lot to talk about. If I'm not mistaken, the CBA is an almost 500-page document. I think it's 490-something, 480. It's something insane. So a lot of stuff that these people are talking about the CBA, other than the basic stuff, there is a lot to the CBA um, as far as how it affects the players, the teams, the owners, the organizations as a whole. There's a lot to talk about the CBA. So I do want to have a single episode dedicated strictly to the CBA, especially now that the Hornets aren't playing. We need content anyway. Uh, so I think I, I think that's what I'm going to do moving forward. So I, I do kind of have a plan for you guys that are continuous listeners. If you guys are those people, I do appreciate you listening and tuning in every episode. So we're not going to be doing an episode every day moving forward. My plan for the Queen City Collective moving forward is doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes. So it's not every day, but we're still keeping three episodes a week consistently. Uh, this is going to be the Wednesday episode. Obviously, I'll talk about the NFL CBA, barring any other crazy Panthers news, trades. But even if there is, I, I do still want to talk about the CBA on Friday. So I will just kind of toss those Panthers topics in with the CBA on Friday if they do come about. Because I do expect some more signings, uh, some more moves, whether they're with draft picks, with Cam Newton being moved. We're just going to have to see. So we'll see how that plays out. Once again, I always appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Owen underscore Watterson. As always, I appreciate your time. If you guys don't mind, please like, rate, subscribe to the pod wherever you guys tune in. I always appreciate it. And if you guys enjoyed the episode, give it a five-star review on Apple, Spotify. Again, I appreciate you guys' support. Don't forget to tune in Friday, and I'll see you guys then.